Raymond, Steph Curry made history on Monday by surpassing Will Chamberlain and dropping 17,818 points. Now, this made me think, Raymond. This made me think. One day, the Goldcast, God willing, is going to get to 17,818 episodes. And on that day, what are you going to do to celebrate? Well, assuming I'm still alive by the time we reach that milestone, I will be hopefully have a good working pacemaker. I hope to have good working eyes. And hopefully I don't, you know, suffer from some kind of stroke out of, you know, pure elation of hitting such a milestone. You are going to be 155 years old at that time. So you will have to be careful. Very careful. I, I, I myself, I'm going to probably do cartwheels. Now, how will I do cartwheels at 150, say? Well, it's going to be very easy, Raymond. My consciousness will be downloaded into the internet. And so I'll be, I'll in fact probably be younger now than in 150 years than I am now. Uh, I will ra- and then I will raise my cybernetic arm in celebration as being the greatest Bay Area sports podcast ever to be assembled on planet Earth. Oh, you, you'll be on the line. <laughs> I will be. I'll be on the line. Now, Raymond, when we're on the line, why don't you let the people know, where can they find us? Well, you can always follow us on Instagram at the Goldcast, and you can also follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere that podcasts are syndicated, we can be found. And if you're on the YouTube, make sure to leave a like and a comment because that tells YouTube what to do with the video per that algorithm and make sure to hit the little notification bell. That way you get notified when we go live on the line because Rudy's eventually going to be literally on it in the future, 150 years from now. And you want to be there when that happens because that's going to be a huge technological milestone as well in and of itself. <laughs> a separate podcast too. I do look forward to the day that my consciousness is downloaded into the internet and I can live forever as a, as a, a like Jarvis style Rudy. Maybe I can like join the Avengers or something. Now, Raymond, big episode today. Steph Curry's monstrous Monday. We're going to react to it. What a milestone. Monstrous Monday milestones by Steph Curry. And then we are going to wrap up with our boys, the Giants, because they are rolling. But first, the greatest podcast intro in the game is about to drop. Your professor of fanalism, I'm in the building. The greatest fanalist in the game is here. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. <laughs> Boom. Uh, if you're, you'll, you'll know why I keep doing that. I mean, Rudy does it too, but you, you'll see why we're doing it by, because of uh, who we're talking about today. That's right. And uh, if you could, if you if you're listening to us and you keep hearing us laugh, go check us out on YouTube, and you'll understand why we're laughing. So, why I'm laughing so much at that class. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not going to describe every physical thing we do. <laughs> That's not our job, Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> That's not our job. It's not what we do. All right, Raymond, we're going to begin today with just, while we were, while I was recording with Max Marsh 
and you were uh, busy selling houses in San Francisco, there was a man, a, a, a man taller than us, but smaller in stature than many other NBA players. He goes by the name of Steph Curry. And he uh, has single-handedly changed the game and on Monday had one of the most epic nights of his entire career. They defeat the Denver Nuggets. Huge win. Denver is, you know, one of the best teams in the league. Uh, this is what he did. So let's just start with just the, the stats for the game, okay, before we get into the historical stats. So the stats for the game. Steph drops 53 points. He goes 10 of 18 from behind the arc. Four of six uh, from two points, 15 of 16 in free throws, okay? Now, that's that in and of itself, huge, epic game. Great game. Awesome, Steph. Way to go. Now, let's start getting into the historical stats. He surpasses Wilt Chamberlain, one of the greatest basketball players to ever live, one of the greatest scorers, one of the most prolific scorers ever to play the game. We got Wilt back here, right here behind me. Uh, there, there he is holding his, uh, there's he is on Raymond's too. There he is holding his, uh, the, the, the little front picture of when he took 100 points and next to him is Steph. Steph surpasses him with 17,818 points to become the franchise leader of the Golden State Warriors. Now, but just to give you some perspective, you know, Steph's been on the team for what, a decade at this point now. It's quite some time. And he's, you know, also the leading three point scorer of all time. Will did it in five and a half years when there was no three point, it, uh, there was no three points invented. So that just gives you an idea of just how epic it is. This it, it took Steph twice the amount of time and three pointers to surpass Will and w what Will did in five years. That's how epic of a player Will Chamberlain was. Props to Will Chamberlain. So on top of that, uh, Will Chamberlain, by the way, he had seventeen thousand seven hundred eighty three. Uh, Curry, as of Monday, had seventeen thousand eight hundred eighteen, but he did play again today. Uh, it was also his. 18th game with 10 or more three-pointers. He leads the league. He leads the, He holds the record for that. He is the seventh player to have three or more 50-point games in multiple seasons. The seventh guy to do that. And he has a total of nine games with 50 points or more. So, Raymond, I turn it to you. What is your reaction to Steph's Monday and just, just Steph Curry in general? where he's at at this point in his career? Uh, still playing at an MVP level in a nutshell. I think that's very evident. I mean, nine straight games of 32 points or more. Um, his three-point game is just as good as it's always been. He scored 33 again tonight. They beat the Cavs tonight. They now improved to 28 and 28. Still don't think they're going to have enough to really get it done for the playoffs because they just have a lot of injuries. Ubre's out. Uh, we know Wiseman's that, out um, for the season. Wiseman's out for the season. It's not a terrible injury. It's uh, it's torn cartilage, so which is much better than a torn ligament or a tendon. So good. So he'll be back. But I mean, and I know he got twenty three points from Wiggins and twenty from Juan Toscano Anderson. But you know, in the playoff time, you're going to need a lot more points from your supporting players. Can't have five points from Draymond Green if you want to get this done and make a deep run. You know, Bazemore's got to do more than five points tonight against the Cavs. But again, I don't want to make this about the game. This is about Steph Curry. Steph Curry, you know, really is, you know, in my, I'd be surprised. I don't know who else is playing at a better MVP level than Steph Curry right now, at least statistically. I mean, he's, he's not able to, you know, it's not able to necessarily translate into wins. 
entirely over this nine game stretch in particular as as the most recent sample size you know although they have won games against good teams and bad teams so there's obviously some credit that deserves to be given there but i think that this is just you know it's kind of a privilege to watch one of the well, I shouldn't say one of them, in my opinion, and I think the opinion with many NBA players pr- uh, currently playing and commentating, the greatest shooter that has ever picked up a basketball and dribbled on a court. I think bar none, the statistics are there. He's obviously the greatest three-point shooter that's ever lived, but I think he's also the greatest just perimeter shooter in general that's ever lived. And number two is probably Clay Thompson. If he can get back to some semblance of himself, either 70 or 75 to 80% version of himself or more like 80, 85%, then I think he'll be continue to stack up records because he's already got some. He's number two on that list, by the way, of 10 or more threes in a game. Um, he's second place. And, and uh, I know, uh, I think Damian Lillard, ha- Damian Lillard has three. James Harden has three. They've been playing almost as long. Um, and so, you know, look at that. I mean, to be fair, Damian Lillard has now only recently in recent years has tailored his game to Steph Curry in order to keep pace. He wasn't always playing like that, um, back when they were winning some of the early championships, but he, he's transitioned to a better perimeter shooter now than ever before. But again, that's a different podcast for a different night. Tonight is Steph Curry and Steph Curry, in my mind, is this season's MVP crown him. I love it. I love it. I said this all the way back in the very first two weeks, didn't I, Raymond? That Curry was giving me MVP vibes. And if he was going to play like this for the entire season, he deserved at least a certain amount of votes. I agree that he definitely deserves a certain amount of votes. He is the greatest shooter of all time. He is my favorite warrior of all time. He is uh, quickly surpassing Kobe as my favorite basketball player of all time. Um, although the, the Kobe still holds the belt, but, but it's, it's loosening I've, its grip, you know, and, <laughs> I've enjoyed, I've, I enjoyed Kobe, but Curry is, but I liked Monte Ellis before <laughs> Curry came into the picture. And then when they traded him, I was super bummed out cause I was going to buy his Jersey. And now that thought never even crosses my mind unless, uh, you know, uh, until just now. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, Curry's the man. Yeah, and I think I'll I'll say I think who encapsulated it the most was the highly emotional exchange between Chris Mullins and Steph Curry post game, and I'm going to read uh, some some of what he said. So you know he sits down, Curry sits down, he's got the 17 818 right behind him uh, in, in big white letters, and Curry looks and he's shocked they'd already they like put this up behind him and he you know he's clearly flattered he sits down and then chris mullins pops onto like the digital zoom uh section to, you know for questions and he's like hey what's up mullins you know and he said uh on behalf of all former players you put in your rearview mirror i want to congratulate you on becoming the warriors franchise all-time leading scorer just an amazing accomplishment and milestone one of many you've already accomplished in your nba historic career but yet Passing Will Chamberlain is just an amazing milestone. I've watched you from day one, and it's just been a pleasure and a joy to watch you. So congratulations, of course. But more importantly, I want to thank you for the way you've done it. The things you're able to do on the basketball court, your work ethic, your discipline, and your dedication is unmatched. Your fitness, your fitness is level, which t- just takes time, and true leadership. 
your appreciation of your teammates. You bring so much joy and happiness to the world. It's so appreciated. So I just want to say thank you for that. And probably, maybe more importantly, Steph, your humility, your integrity, your class, and your grace. The way you carry yourself on and off the court makes you a true role model for young and old. So really, just want to say congratulations and thank you for being you, Steph Curry. I mean, wow, what a speech from Chris Mullins. And you could see Curry was trying really hard not to cry. He kept tapping his hand. He kept swallowing. And and even when he spoke, you could hear his. he's trying not to crack. I mean, he was so moved and so shocked by what Chris Mullins said. Uh, it was an amazing exchange. And I think I felt like Chris Mullins really encapsulated what we all feel about Steph Curry. Uh, couldn't have put it better myself. I love uh, Chris Mullins. I listen to him about once a week because uh, he's on uh, KMBR and he uh, he does an uh, interview with a couple of the shows there periodically, either with Greg Papa or Tolbert and and Kruger and those guys at the, af- the later afternoon show. Um, not as entertaining as Papa, but they have they have Steve Young and Mullins on regularly, so I do tune in for that. Um, so uh, yeah, I th- I think Mullins is class. He's Hall of Fame class act. It's a shame he was never you know put put uh, with un- coupled with enough talent to you know make multiple runs at a, at a chip. But I mean, at least he gets to live it vicariously through through this team and with us as fans, but also as a former player with, of course, the the highest accolade you can get outside of a chip, which is Hall of Fame status. So that uh, I think that's uh, that's a big deal. And Chris Mullins has been the epitome of a class personified for the Warriors franchise for ever since he got drafted by them. So I think that uh, I, I'm not surprised. I didn't get to see that. So I actually want to watch it. I didn't realize that he had gone through those lengths to say that. So I think that uh, that's something I want to check out after we're done recording here because I definitely want to see that reaction because I have a lot of respect for Chris Mullins, even though I didn't watch a lot of his career back then. Um, I was still well aware of him. He was still a big name. He had, uh, you know, he sold jerseys. He sold, he sold product. He sold lots of products. So um, he's not someone that, you know, just is just known in the Bay Area, you know, he is a player that is nationally known. And uh, that's a big deal. So my hats to Chris Mullen, and of course, to Curry, you know, no bigger compliment other than if Wilt Chamberlain was still alive to say something similar. Yeah, absolutely. Raymond, let's move on. It is time for some Giants. Our boys are rolling. They are rolling. Let's go. Oh man, I first of all first of all there you go. <laughs> B craw? B craw? <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. It comes full circle. It all comes full circle. Now they get to see why you were doing the motion. Yeah, yeah. Curry Curry is the one. Curry's the one. Yeah. Yeah. B craw did the two. Yeah. Um uh, Raymond. I was very excited about the start of this season. I know there was a lot of hype around the Padres, rightfully, justifiably so. And I still think they're deserving of that. In the first 12 games, the Giants have had about as great a start as you can ask for from April. We all know 12 games is a very small sample size. But 
all we can do here at the Goldcast is report and give our reaction to what the sample sizes we're being given at any point in time in any one of our teams' uh, current seasons. And that is what we're going to do. And the Giants are rolling. I love it. I love it so much. So I just want to compare for you, Raymond. I did a little digging. I did a little research. I wanted to see where were the Giants after their first 12 games a year ago? Where were they? So here's the stats, okay? 2020 versus 2021. These are just some basic stats, okay? Really basic stuff. I didn't even get into ERA or anything like that, okay? Just on just some really basic stats. So the record in 2020, right now, they're currently eight and four. At that time, they were five and seven. Of their last seven games, the Giants have won six of their last seven. A year ago, they'd only won three of their last seven. The total runs earned... A year ago was 56. This year, 41. So actually they were doing better. Better Bats were a little more consistent. Here's the difference. And this is what, and we talked about this all the way back to last year about the San Francisco Giants. Runs allowed. 71 back in 2020. Only 35 in 2021. The defense has come on in a way that we could not get it going a year ago. The pitching is way better. Cueto, before he got injured, which really sucks because he lost a lot of weight in, in the, uh, during the offseason, and he looks great, and he's pitching great. Cueto was looking good. Gosman, looking good, really good, really starting to come on. I really like our closer, and I'm just really happy with what I'm seeing from this Giants. Maybe we we could use a little more, little more batting oomph, but in general, Ray... In general, the team looks really good. I'm really happy. It's like we just got to keep rolling. May May first, uh, May 21st is our first meeting against the Giants. I mean the Dodgers. And all our boys have to do is just keep chugging along, keep pushing, keep fighting, keep strong pitching, good defense, big bats. That's it's not that hard. It's the recipe for every successful team forever in baseball and will always be the recipe forever in baseball. But Raymond, let's talk. I want to hear your opinion. First 12 games of the San Francisco Giants, where are you at? To me, I think it's it kind of two two stats really stand out to me and that's the long ball and starting pitching more so than bullpen because bullpen has really been the biggest culprit for some of the losses, the few losses that we have this season. It's still early. Remember, I mean, eight and six, you know, it's not our, sorry, uh, eight and five. Um, eight and four. Eight and, eight, eight and four. Eight and four. Eight and four. Sorry, eight and four. That's right. We were six. No, we were six and four coming into it. Then we lost against the Reds and dropped to six and five. Then we won back to back against the Reds to take the series. Um, so, Starting pitching is really the biggest thing that has started off on the right foot this year versus last year. The bullpen's been an issue that I think the bullpen can put it together. You know, uh, I think Webb was really good in the last game, and he's someone who can actually start as well. He's been in that role before, so it's someone that he can fall back into that rotation if they need him in that rotation. If someone, if, you know, if maybe the younger guys like Gosman, you know, struggle, he struggled a little bit against the Reds, but it was able to settle in after the after five runs of damage in the first two innings. Really settled in on on his outing. Johnny Cueto's been pitching like an ace. He's got a lat, so he's on the ten day DL. That's kind of a disappointment. So he's going to miss at least two starts. Um, 
depending on the schedule. Hopefully it's just one. Um, but uh, we'll see how the lap feels after the 10 days if, if there's a break. The games seem a little smushed in right now because of uh, the scheduling. It's, they've played X amount of games in a row already. So, uh, But uh, they finally got a break today, so that was nice. But I think that's, to me, the thing that really stood out. And B-Craw <laughs> came home and really was kind of the biggest, uh, next to Evan Longoria, was really the biggest offensive juggernaut that the Giants saw in this home st- home stretch, uh, which, by the way, only lost a single game at home so far. Um, that was great. I mean, two doubles, two home runs, seven ribbies, playing, you know, he had, he struggled, you know, his, his batting average does not look great right now. And he needs to have a really solid season this year, along with Brandon Belt, because it's their last years in their contract. We don't know what's going to happen with them if, uh, you know, if Farhan is going to flip them or trade them for someone younger that can develop into those play into the productive players that they've always been. Although I've never been a huge, you know, huge fan of Brandon Belt. I know a lot of fans like him. I've never, you know, to me, it's like he never developed into the powerhouse first baseman that you typically want to see. Um, you know, he didn't become, a, you know, your Maguires or your pool hosts of the world. And I think they always thought that some of that potential was there and he's tapped into it at times and has certainly come up with big hits and some big glove moments over his career, but never on a consistent basis. The same with B-Craw. B-Craw, you know, offensively, although defensively B-Craw, you know, I put him right up there with Eric Chavez. He's one of the one of the best defensive players I've ever seen play the game. Just an f- absolute joy to watch. Um, how he works the works the throws in and flips double plays and and gets balls across field over to first base, um, just absolute stunner. Um, the only other player I saw that was that good was Eric Chavez, who was a six time Gold Glover for Oakland a- for the Oakland A's. I have his jersey by the way. Um, so I need to get me a B crowd jersey to go along with the Will Clarks and everyone else. But I, I, that that to me is where the where the Giants are right now. So if they can just keep that going forward, I think we'll be fine. I mean, we're over 500 right now. We've got a lot of momentum. I think the team feels really good. I think you got to feel good about that. I'm liking what I'm seeing from the managerial perspective. You know, he gave Johnny Cueto the option to get that complete game uh, uh, on his uh, previous start, and he couldn't get the last out. So he said, "All right, I gave you a shot." You got your shot. The guy's on base now. Now I'm going to pull you and bring in our closer. Gets the job done. You still get a near complete game. Absolute dominating performance. Cueto, even though he left early with the lat strain, he still has been pitching by like an ace two games straight. So as long as he can get that short up and kind of stay on his nutrition regime to stay slim and be able to kind of carry the momentum of, you know, his pitching style and also the pitching torque that he gives because I like what I'm seeing from him velocity-wise. There's good movement. There's a good movement and zip on his ball right now. So he needs to be fresh for the season too because we need starting pitching is really what's going to get this done down the stretch in combination with consistent closing caliber bullpen. And of course, the offense is going to put the points on for all of those pieces to kind of keep everyone, keep opposing teams at bay. But like what I'm seeing so far, lots of baseball left, but very fun uh, this early on in the season. I agree. I want to echo those words. They are so fun. And again, you know, we love to implore our Goldcast listeners. If you're only watching the Warriors or you're just waiting for the 49ers, what are you doing 
Steph Curry is playing some of the greatest basketball to ever be played. And if you like action, watch the NBA and watch Steph Curry right now. He is putting on a show in your very city. In our city, in San Francisco, he is doing things that will never be repeated again for the rest of time. Yeah. Go do it. He's having a record season. Yeah. He's having a record season, and the Giants are doing what they do best. We also have two of the two of the th or three of the greatest, you know, sportscasters in MLB history between Kruk and Kipe and John Miller. I mean, adios, Pelota. Uh, the home run. Call. How about uh, <laughs> it is. Out of here! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> swing yeah. and a miss. Or, or my my favorite, though, Raymond, is that when it's time for a change, think speedy oil change <laughs> and automotive can't parts. Stand, can't stand when they when they got to do those stupid ad interjections. Now we're gonna take a break. Uh, what uh, is, and they give that silly job to what's his name, like uh, uh, Crook. Yeah. Uh, when it's time for a change, uh, think speedy oil change and automotive parts. Uh, uh, I love that. I actually love that. I laugh every time. I repeat it all the time. That's my favorite. Bye Bye Baby is also another classic. Bye Bye Baby. Uh, but I, I got to hear all three on, on the opening day, and I was so happy. I got to hear all of them. I got to hear Bye Bye Baby, It Is Out of Here, Swing and a Miss, and When It's Time for a Change, Think Speedy <laughs> <laughs> those are my. Those are, those are his four. But uh, I actually love when he says it. I uh, find it so funny. Yeah, those are they're award-winning casters because of how great they are. I mean, I, I tried... And John Miller's great. I've tried to watch other casters in baseball, and they are just... The, what's great is that not only do they have like signature calls that are so fun to make, make baseball great, John Miller just has that amazing voice. Um, he has the best voice in terms of tone and inflection. It's great. By the way, adios pelota means uh, goodbye ball in Spanish, um, which is his signature uh, home run call, which is great. Um, I also like when Croup uh, calls calls fan. He looks at fans and commentates on the fans and calls like, "Oh, he's a gamer. He's a gamer." And then when when they're not like when they're on like with like fans are there on their phone not paying attention, he like scribbles them out with the the replay the replay ink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if yeah, if you you should definitely be tuning into the Giants cuz they're really fun and we've we've been patiently watching this team build over the last year and a half since Farhan Sadi took over uh Sarady. I hope I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not. Um but he, he is so good, and I'm really liking where they are. And if they keep playing like this, I'm going to say the Giants are kind of a year early. I expected them to look like this next year, not not right now. And if they can keep this up, baseball's a long, streaky sport. So I'm not going to sit here and say that this is your, these are now your Giants for the next, you know, uh, for the rest of the season. But uh, if they keep this up, it's going to be a real tight race in the NL West. Let's say that. We, yeah, we still we're. St Still missing a few pieces to put it all together. We're still kind of a patchwork of, you know, young talent mixed in with veteran talent. And, you know, because remember when this Giants went on this run, you know, there was also a mixture, especially the 2010 team was a veteran, you know, mixture patchwork with the exception of, you know, Posey, B-Craw, those guys. And then in the next year, we got even more. We got even younger. 
and move some of those guys out, like Omar Vizquel and Edgar Renteria. Those guys left, and then we moved uh, the younger guys in. We started to get younger and also better and more, more just and kept winning championships. And I feel like that same momentum is starting to build here, where now the old champions are now in those veteran roles, and now the younger guys are starting to come in and fill some of those roles up. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying anything prematurely. I'm not making any hot bold predictions, but it's it's a similar transition is starting to transpire, whether it, whether it will evolve into, you know, something of a tournament run still remains to be seen. But I like what I'm seeing so far is my point. I do, too. And we got to run and we, we will uh, we'll be back. But before we leave question, how do you feel about Steph Curry's? monstrous Monday. That's what I'm going to call it. Let us know in your thoughts. Go to youtube.com slash the gold cast and let us know how you felt. What is your reaction to Steph Curry surpassing Wilt Chamberlain? And what player excites you the most on this current Giants roster? Go to youtube.com slash the gold cast. Leave it in the comments and don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back next week with more Bay Area Sports we just keep rolling. Let's go. And so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III. And with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa I, baby. Adios, Palota! <laughs> Adios, Palota! This is, is the Gold Cast.